0: Good morning. This is a new edition of Thoughts to Ponder, and it's taken from the CBMC International Monday Manor, and today's is entitled, When Talent is Not Enough. We see it in the sports world all the time, a seemingly more talented team losing, sometimes even being totally dominated, by a less talented opponent. This is a common theme in theatrical films about sports, sort of retelling of the David and Goliath story, the underdog prevailing over the heavy favourite, except with footballs, baseballs, basketballs and hockey pucks instead of stones, swords and spears. But this phenomenon is not unique to athletic competition, we see this in other areas of life as well, including the business and professional world. One salesperson having all the natural abilities anyone could ask for, seeing a less talented and even less experienced rival win an important cut, or a business that seemed to have all the advantages of being overcome by a smaller but fiercely determined competitor. How does this happen? Motivational speaker and consultant Tim Kite might have the answer, even though it is a simple one. Discipline beats talent when talent lacks discipline. Many people possess the raw material things like intelligent, innate skill and talent, education and formal training, Often, however, those are not enough to guarantee success. This is where discipline enters the equation. In the sporting world, this includes long periods of practice, weight training, countless hours studying the playbook, watching films of one's own performance as well as upcoming opponents, investing extra effort needed to excel what discipline looks like in the marketplace depends on the specific field of endeavour but in the end it always looks the same. Hard work, putting in as much time as necessary through preparation and a willingness to receive and welcome constructive criticism. Not everyone is willing to do these things and this is why, as Kite says, Discipline beats talent when talent lacks discipline. Discipline is a key ingredient for spiritual growth, for becoming the person God intends for each of us to become, even in the workplace. Consider the following. Discipline usually is not fun. When was the last time you saw someone training for a marathon or a triathlon triathlon event who was always smiling? Really, because even though it, it is necessary, rigorous training is not without difficulty. Difficulty, as the Bible says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Discipline points us in the right direction. The most effective leaders are those who demonstrate discipline in their own conduct and work habits, setting strong, positive examples for those who follow them. He who heeds discipline shows the way of life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17. Discipline is the form of correction improves performance. None of us is as smart as all of us together, says one adage. The discipline of willingly receiving correction can help turn a good performer into a star performer. Again, quoting Proverbs. He who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. Proverbs 15, verse 32. Thank you for listening. Good morning. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Thoughts to Ponder, which is taken from Christian Businessmen's Connection International's Monday Manor, and a post written by William Fritz Klump, entitled Why do I do what I do? A question all should ask. You look pretty good, my high school track coach said to me. If you just wouldn't run so long in one place. This was his way of saying that I was not a very fast runner. My running style was like a man sitting in a rocking chair. There was a whole lot of activity but not much progress. In some ways, this might be a metaphor for our personal and professional lives. We might always be on the go, very busy, but what have we accomplished? If we honestly conclude that we have achieved very little, why do we continue doing what we do? We might look good, but show little progress. Many of us idealistically start out doing something we feel will give meaning to our lives but sometimes we we become disillusioned. Being a veteran pilot in the United States Navy, I observed well-intentioned people who began their careers in the military experienced this, especially if they spent time on the battlefield. The realities of war can lead to to disillusionment, and the resulting loss of purpose can even contribute to what has become known as PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder. The same disillusionment can also be suffered by those who engage in other important pursuits such as politics in the workplace. We work hard, striving to make a difference in the world around us. But what happens when we look good and then discover that we've been running too long in one place? Everybody wants his or her life to count for something. And we all desire to live a life of meaning. I often think of what French scientist Blaise Pascal referred to as the God-shaped vacuum that exists in the heart of every man, a vacuum that only the Lord can fill. Author and speaker John Maxwell talks about another vacuum, the life-sized vacuum inside one's heart that only a clearly defined life mission can fill. During the last few years I've studied the life of King Solomon who has been known as the wisest man who ever lived. A son of David and Israel's third king, he reigned during the 10th century BC, ruling during Israel's golden age. His achievements were absolutely amazing. Yet, despite all that he accomplished, Solomon's summation, expressed near the end of his life and recorded numerous times in his book of Ecclesiastes, was... All is vanity, or as another translation states, everything is meaningless. Examining the life of Solomon and all he accomplished, I cannot help but ask, how could one who started so well and did so much come to the end of his life and conclude that all the things that he did were meaningless? Solomon's conclusion that all is vanity and grasping for the wind pertains to works done under the sun. Basically, that includes everything. If meaningful purpose in life cannot be found under the sun, that suggests we must look elsewhere for meaning. Years ago, after reaching a similar conclusion about my life, I realised we must look to the heavenlies. If we are to find real meaning and purpose in life, we must look to God himself. A long-time friend and mentor challenged me for many years to write a life purpose statement. Successfully, successful companies have a purpose or mission statement, Joe would say, so why don't you? I finally took his challenge to heart and have found my written life purpose has become a compass allowing me to forsake the good. For the sake of seeking the best. So what is your purpose and why do you do what you do? Do you have a purpose or mission statement for your life? If not, why not? And I leave that challenge with you. Thank you for listening.